general, I would say that it is a beautiful process that once you become a woman that you get to experience. And I know, like I said, there's so many symptoms and a lot of women don't celebrate it. Mm. But every time, every month when we are on our bleed, uh, this is a time for a woman to really get to connect with her body and even to spirit. Welcome to the 1000 Days Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I'm not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol. I am an amazing father, husband, son, friend, leader, lover, and master coach. And I spend every minute of the day helping other people live kick-ass lives. How's everybody doing? This is coming out just before Christmas. So just want to wish you all happy Christmas. And look, there will be a lot of pressure applied to drink alcohol during this time of the year but nobody puts more pressure on you than yourself okay so just just bear that in mind you know that um the reasons that a lot of us capitulate and choose to drink at this time when we don't really want to is because we're too wrapped up in caring about what other people think of us than really embracing our just our brilliance and our amazingness and our differentiation. You know, so often people say, you know, I drink alcohol because I want to be a rebel. No, be a rebel by not drinking alcohol, right? Because every fucker else is drinking. So you try not drinking, okay? But that said, it is a tough time. So please, please, please make sure that you have some form of community, okay? We have one here at Strive. Reach out to us at 1kdaysober at gmail.com to join us. Um, if you don't want to join us, then go to AA, check out Annie Grace, uh, One Year No Beer, uh, Holly Whitaker, Tempest. There are so many groups out there these days. You do not need to be alone on this. Get out there, speak to like-minded people, and you'll see that there are millions of people, myself included, who will have an absolutely fantastic Christmas without touching a drop of alcohol. All right. What's going on in the Davy household for those of you that give a shit? Um, well, I got to leave the US by the end of January. Otherwise, they'll probably ban me for 10 years. Uh, that's what I'm being told by lawyers anyway. So I'm going to leave by the end of January. I was going to go to Bali, um, stay there till the end of March, and then go back to the UK. But uh, that trip has been cancelled because of COVID. So I'm currently don't really know where I'm going to go, don't really know what I'm going to do. And whilst that is um, pretty scary and frightening, you know, I've learned enough. Uh, self-regulation practices to calm myself the fuck down and just know that wherever I end up, it will be good. You know, wherever I end up, it will be good. I, I'm 47 in January and I can tell you that no matter what I've been through in life, no matter what I've been through, no matter what choices I've made, everything has always turned out all right and I've always had more than enough of anything that I needed, right? So, have faith. Look back at yourself and look back at your track record in your history and be like, okay, well, actually, uh, things do turn out okay. I don't, I don't fucking end up dead. I'm okay. I got a lot of people who love me and everything will be all right. Please, please, please try to embody that same mindset. Really, really help you. <clears throat> right. Today, we're going to be talking to Kim Billick. Kim is a woman's empowerment and sexual health coach, and she helps women connect to their body and align their hormone health so they can be badass in all areas of their life. Kim is the author of Womb Wisdom Journal, which is a beautiful tool to help women continue to their womb, their cycle, and their power. And if you want to get hold of a copy of that um, journal, then you can find Kim Billick on Instagram, K-I-M-B-I-L-Y-K, or just email me at 1kdaysober at gmail.com, and I'll put you in touch with her, all right? Uh, we talk about uh, what, what an earth period is. Uh, we talk about period cycles and why men should know those dates as intimately as women should. Uh, we talk about sex, including uh, getting dry during sex, um, not wanting sex, and lack, lack of sexual desire. We talk about period sex. We talk about masturbation. We talk about what happens during your periods and during sex uh, when you drink alcohol. And more, 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 most importantly, the thing that weaves everything together here is really the importance of having amazing communication in your relationship. So none of these things like periods and sex are stigmatized or, or made uh, shameful, right? Like have these conversations. Men typically don't know nothing about it. And that needs to change, particularly if you've 
going to have children and you may have a daughter, right? But what I learned today uh, through my conversation with Kim is knowing when my wife is, um, is starting her cycle and what stage she's in is paramount if I want to connect with her and have an intimate relationship with her because I need to know and understand that there's times when she's going to be struggling and she needs some space. And that is really important. And I shouldn't have to rely on her to tell me that. I should I should be able to be knowing, oh, okay, so uh, this is when uh, is about to start a period. This is how I'm going to act accordingly, right? I learned that today. I think that's a really good thing. So without further ado, I'll shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of Kim Billick. Much love, everybody, and happy Christmas. So, Kim, it's been a long time. I haven't seen you for a long while. What have you been up to other than becoming an author? Uh, what have I been up to working on my business, one-to-one coaching, working, helping women with hormone health and connecting to their feminine energy, their sexuality, getting that sex drive back. Um, I'm moving in two months. Um, I went on, I went on Nana's retreat to Brazil. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Oh, yes. I saw yes. Nana falling in love and all that kind of stuff. I know. Right. How awesome is that? Yeah. And actually <laughs> what's kind of funny is when we were in Brazil, we were talking about relationships. Right. And, uh, Nana made a comment that she wants to go back to Austin. And I was laughing to her. I was like, why don't you talk to P and just see if he has any friends with some conscious cock. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like a that. month later, she's posting photos with Zion. I was like, wow, look at that. <laughs> There you go. That is a that is a guy with a conscious cock. Definitely. Definitely right? <laughs> um, let let let's start. I uh, know. Let's come back to conscious cock. Actually, let's let's start with something that happened. Oh, no, actually, I've already given a brief introduction, you know, to you anyway. But in your own words, could you just tell people who are listening what you're all about? What do I do? So this is what I like to say. So I'm a women's empowerment and sexual health coach. And I know as soon as I say sexual health coach, men generally are like, oh, they think sex, just sex. But what I say is I help women connect with their bodies and align their hormone health so they can be badasses in all areas of their life. So that's where I say of like, you know, connecting to the feminine energy, connecting to your sexuality, but then also um, getting your hormones in alignment and it all started, this all started with me and my own journey in 2017. I used to do bikini competitions and getting ready for my first show. I trusted my coach and I ended up losing my period for seven months. And mm. I lost it two months before the show. And I was like, oh, I'll get it back soon as I, I'm done the show. Five months later after the show, I, I was just getting it back. And after the show, my doctor was just, I went to my doctor and the only thing, um, that she had to offer me was hormone pills. And at that time I was a yoga therapist and a health coach. And I was like, there's no way I'm taking hormone pills because this isn't going to get to the root cause of what, you know, why I had lost it. So, and for me at that time, yes, the food and the exercise diet and exercise was definitely two factors, but the big thing was stress. And I think that's Mm. often underlooked. So that's what kind of got me into it. And so I have two pillars. I it's my coaching programs called womb men playing with womb and woman, woman awakening, but I have two pillars with the power methods. One pillar really focuses on the hormone health. So if you have a missing period, you're going through your fertility journey, um, severe PMS, horrible cramps, bloating, uh, your hair's falling out. If you have PCOS, there's so many things, right. That impact our hormone health, low sex drive. And then the other pillar, some women, it's not so much hormonal stuff, but it's just really connecting with the feminine energy, getting their sex drive back, their sexuality. Maybe they had a sexual trauma Mm. um, in in their youth or teenage years or whenever. And that's kind of a bit of a blockage. So we're moving through that. But with both pillars, there is a lot of overlap. At the end of the day, it's connecting to the womb. Mm. And that's where my journal came in and the book that I just released. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I mean, when you said that you lost your period, would you say you lost it for seven months? Seven months, yeah. I know quite a lot of women who would be like, woohoo, I haven't, I have lost my period. I don't have to go through that anymore. But you were kind of like, no, I want it back. Talk about that. Yeah, well, because, yeah, I mean, I know our periods could be an inconvenience at times for whatever reason, especially if you are a woman that gets um, really bad PMS symptoms like the cramps, the headaches, bloating, moodiness. Um, there's so many things, right, that could be going on. But let me just say this. 
I know it's common, but it's not normal. There's a reason it is happening. Right. And Mm -hmm. if you're on birth control to like help those symptoms, yes, it helps manage the symptoms, but it's not getting to the root cause. So in my case, I was like, this is my body speaking to me and something's wrong. Like this is a red flag. And no, I wasn't trying to get pregnant, but I was like, this is my body speaking to me. And this, and at the time I was working with all men. This is when I was working in the hospital as an occupational therapist. And it's uncommon to be with all men. And this is what I said to them. I said, imagine you cannot get hard for seven months. Mm. You're trying to have sex and you can't get hard for seven months. Now this didn't impact my sex life, but it's still my reproductive like my reproductive health. Right. So it's my body speaking to me. And that's why it was a huge concern for me and why I wanted it back so badly. Mm. And, um, we can get into this even more with my book too, but our, I know, like I say, society or culturally or whatever me, there is a lot of taboo and shame around our periods, but there's so much power in our Mm. period and in our menstrual cycle. And our menstrual cycle is all month long, not just when we bleed 365 days a year. We are on our on a cycle. Wow. Okay. I definitely want to learn more about this. So let's start with yesterday. So yesterday in my house, my wife went for a pee and my daughter was in, she had a five-year-old daughter's ear and she was in a toilet with her and she looks into her knickers and she sees her pad and she sees the blood and she's like, oh, mom, what's, what's that? And I'm, I'm in the front room listening to Liza thinking, oh, I didn't think I'd be having this conversation this early and trying <laughs> to figure out the best way to explain it to a five-year-old versus a, an a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. And I said to Eliza, this is the first question I'm going to ask Kim because for a lot of men listening to this and may even for some women, they might not even know what the heck is going on with menstrual cycles and periods and so forth. So how would you explain the whole thing to a child? (laughs) Wow. This is the first time I've been asked at a five-year-old. I mean, I think if anything, uh, The biggest thing is to, I mean, a five-year-old, you don't necessarily have to celebrate it, but put a positive spin on it and just be like, you know, to your five-year-old or six-year-old even, you know, this is something as you get older that, and become a woman that you get to experience. Um, I'm just trying to think for a five-year-old to understand. I mean, even not, not necessarily a five-year-old, we can use that as a metaphor, right? There There will be men who are living with a woman. Think about this. There's a man who is sharing a bed with a woman and he has no fucking clue what she means when she says she's going through. And you just said the cycle is 365 days. So let's explain it to a five-year-old, but explain it. You know what I mean? Like explain to a child. So just in general, I would say that it is a beautiful process that once you become a woman that you get to experience. And I know, like I said, there's so many symptoms and a lot of women don't celebrate it, Mm. but every time, every month when we are on our bleed, uh, this is a time for a woman to really get to connect with her body and even to spirit. This is when we're most intuitive. And this is why, and this men will pick up on this one. This is why women tend to be not as sociable at that time. Maybe you want to be alone. The, and even like with you actually got asked this question the other day, I was on another podcast, like, and it was a male host. He was saying, I get offended when my wife says she doesn't want to have sex sometimes because she's just like, no, I don't feel good. I'm tired. Right. Mm. And during that time, we are going to have low energy. Our sex drive may be lower because our hormones are at, at its lowest point. Right. So this is a sacred time for us women to connect with our bodies, to connect with our womb. And the beautiful thing about it, yes, the blood may look kind of scary for a man, for a five-year-old, but it is a cleansing process for us. It is a physical detox for us. And because we get to connect with ourselves, it is also an energetic and an emotional detox. What do you want to release during that time? Right. And it's considered a fifth vital sign for women. So we want that bleed. It's a sign that we are healthy, that our, you know, our reproductive system is healthy. If it, when I was missing my period for seven months, there was something wrong. I was something, mm, yeah. about, I wasn't yeah. healthy. So I think, um, th- that's some really positive stuff that you could explain to a child, to an adolescent, even a girl that's 
um, going through that. Like even for you, Lee, you know, your daughter's only five, but when, (laughs) you know, when she hits 12, 13 and she has her first bleed, I know my dad, I don't think he had anything to say about it, but I think celebrate her and be like, this is part of you becoming a woman. And maybe you take her out to her favorite place for dinner or get her a gift or something like that, you know? And if there's dads listening here, like, how would you celebrate your son? Going into manhood, being, in, right? being a man, yeah, I mean, exactly. So it's the same thing. Mm, that's that's really important because I, in my bag of tricks, I help people to quit alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. and one of the things we talk about is um, for men and women, like um, this uh, desire and need, and uh, you know, the first time you drink alcohol when you're a teenager, or when you do it in the UK officially when you're 18, or the US when you're 21. Uh, it seemed to be a, a rite of passage into adulthood, but really it's a pseudo rite. It, it's not a real passage, you know, like a, a rite of passage, but actually a period is, you know, it yes. just, it, it actually is. And um, I actually, I actually once bought, bought a book by accident fucking years ago, me like over 20 years ago, it was called w- Woman by Natalie Angier. And it said, and the only reason I bought it, it said anyone living with a woman should, buy this book and I was like well I live with a woman <laughs> so I bought it <laughs> thinking thinking I was going to get to know more about her emotionally and it was literally about women's anatomy right okay Let, let's see if I remember this right then okay so like I remember that every so often don't know the the detail every so often I imagine once a month the the uterus gets prepared to look after a baby right mm-hmm. so it's a time period where the body's saying okay Go out, find a hunky sex fiend, conscious cock like Lee Davy. You're ready <laughs> yeah. for it. Your room, everything's ready. And then nothing happens. And then that lining, that extra thickening of the uterus, it dies, it drops out, and it comes out as blood. Exactly. So I re- yes, okay. that was great. <laughs> that is how, this, is how, this is how bad I am sometimes. That is how I would explain it to my five-year-old. <laughs> you know, like... But okay, no, that, I mean, that was great. And that's why our cycle is 365 days a year because it's, it's, thick, it's, it's a always whole thickening. process. It's yeah. Always it's, thickening until it gets oh, to a certain point. No, no, it's not always thickening. So, uh, okay. um, so we're, we're, we have our bleed day one of our bleed is our, is day one of our cycle. So that's the beginning of our cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that day, our hormones, so our main hormones that we're generally looking at is estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. Those are at our lowest. And that's why our energy is low, right? Mm, like you, may, mm. you may not, as a woman, you may not feel like working out. Um, you just, like I said, you might not want to be as social. And then, you know, days three, four, our estrogen, which is our feminine um, hormone, our feel good, feel sexy, gives us our curves. It starts to go on the rise, right? And then, you know, uh, days six, seven, eight, testosterone starts, starts to go on the rise. So that is called pre-ovulation, also known as our follicular phase. And ovulation, and it, it varies, right? Like no, no women on day 16, we're all like dropping our eggs and ovulating on that day. Mm-hmm. So we'll say somewhere between 13 to 17. Generally, women will ovulate. I do have a friend that was ovulating on day nine. So that's what I'm saying. Generally, that's when it's happening, mm-hmm. right? And nature is smart. So that is when we, as women, we are most social. We're more outward. Um, we actually could think more clear at that time. And that's when we have our highest sex drive, our testosterone. Whoa, 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 whoa. What days are? <laughs> or in the middle of our cycle, right? So about two weeks after the bleed. Uh, two weeks after the bleed. That's 13, a date I'm going to put in my diary. Yeah. Put that in your diary. All of you men, put that in your diary. So if you notice that your woman's coming after you, that is why. Mm. And, uh, you know, nature's smart. She, th- th- it's our bodies are saying, okay, go find that conscious cock, go have yeah. some sex, go have some fun. And we're also feeling like, so we're feeling more outward. We're having more confidence. So that's when that sexy dress might come on. That's when the lingerie may come out. You know, um, we may be open to more ideas, you know, just having, whether it's in the bedroom or outside of the bedroom. So this is when we're more out there. And I mean, if you even want to take it to business, this is the best time for us women to pitch deals, ask for a raise, um, hold our say workshops or big meetings. Like this is when we want to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. So if we don't get, and actually I want to say this, we have the power to have a child at that time. And I love to say this, 
as women, we have the power to create anything. That's where sex magic comes in. Mm-hmm. And with that sexual energy, we could create anything we want. We could call in that conscious cock. We can um, call in that dream job, our business that we're trying to grow, a house, travel, better health, whatever it may be. We could use that energy to manifest and create what we're calling into our life during that time, right? Mm-hmm. So then if, um, oh, and you know what? I should add this in. So technically, us women, we could only get pregnant one day out of the, our whole cycle, right? Wow. The day that the egg drops. But the reason why we're fertile about six days out of our cycle is because the man's sperm could live in us for five days, up to five days. Mm. So if you're not using protection, say day 10, and you come inside your, inside your partner and she ovulates on day 14... You could, could get pregnant. She could get pregnant. That's a lot of sperm. I've seen them under a microscope. Have uh, you? Yeah, it's going to take a long time for those to uh, to uh, to die out. You know. Wow, I have so many questions, Kim. Well, one thing I want to say, you know, you're so passionate about this. I can I can feel it. It's been a, it's been I, a long long time since about a guest has been like so super passionate about their topic. You know. I, you know what? I love this talking about this. I mean, obviously with women, but it is amazing how many conversations I have with men about this. And like I said, I could be sitting up at a bar, you know, happy hour with a girlfriend guy sitting beside me. What do you do? And like I said, as soon as I say sexual health, it's like the ears and the eyes all pop up. And then I end up in this conversation. And you know what, when I educate men about this, I'm really supporting the women. Yes, definitely. Because this is not talked about. And with the release of my book, I got asked me in five podcasts, four of them are hosted by men. And I'm super, super honored by this. I I really am that there is this interest and I I think it's so important and like not only to support your wife or your girlfriend, but like yourself, you have a five-year-old daughter. I mean, how many of your listeners have daughters as well? And like to try Mm -hmm. understand, especially, I mean, while they're in their adolescence, not only are, you know, their hormones just starting to they're developing. So that's going to put them on emotional roller coaster. And then, I mean, obviously they're getting their first bleeds, which may not be consistent, right? Because the body's still adjusting, but just to understand like, why is my daughter so happy one day and crying the next day and just like all over the place. And a lot of it is connected to our cycle, which is all month long. Yeah. Yes. I mean, actually, you know, this is, this is an element of consciousness that I've never thought about before. Cause I couldn't tell you when Liza's cycle starts and I think it's really important now I'm listening to you for men to know when that starts, because if we just think about societal conditioning for a moment, societal conditioning where I grew up in South Wales around periods, and even not just not just the men, male culture, but the female culture as well, because obviously I've, I've had two wives, right? So, and I've had three sisters and a mom. So I've, I've lived in houses all my life with women who have periods, right? So this isn't just... You know, this is really close to home for me. And it literally is that period starts, sex is off the menu, and the woman's going to be grumpy as fuck. And that is all you know, and that is all you care about, and you don't think of anything else. It's just everybody doesn't want it to start, and everybody can't wait for it to end. And now I'm thinking to you, outside of that kind of like silly cocoon inside the matrix, and now I'm thinking to myself, hang on a minute. If I want to be super connected to Liza, super intimate, super connected, show up for her, wouldn't it be really important of me to know, not ask her and just stumble on it by accident, but to know, hang on, uh, today is the day that Liza starts her period. So I have to hold space for her in whatever way I know my wife needs it when she starts her period. Yes. Yes. I love that. And not even just when she starts it, but if you kind of know her cycle, there is that Mm. week before the luteal Mm. phase. So like I was talking about ovulation. So if the woman doesn't get pregnant, then estrogen is going to drop and progesterone is going to increase, right? Mm. Uh, As long as the hormones are balanced and around week three. So the week before your bleed or, you know, week three, three and a half, that's when PMS could kick in right? Depending. And yeah, that's where women could, you know, the, oh, she's crazy and she's being emotional and all that kind of stuff is happening. And if you could tune into that, you know, that'd be a great time to be like, Hey babe, I'm going to take, remind me your daughter's name. Zia. 
Zia. So you can yeah. be like, Hey babe, I'm going to take Zia out for the afternoon. You go do your thing, yeah. you know, and, and just give her space to be alone and not feel like she has all these things she has to do. Or, you know, around that time, if you showed up and came home with dinner, yeah. How happy do you think she'd be like to just think I don't, that's one thing off my list. I don't have to do Kim, Kim. I make dinner every day. I'll have to try something harder than that. Or, or something, to, you know what I mean? Or, but yeah, or men listening that don't make dinner, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so I get it. It's, yeah. it's like you said, like giving your partner the space that she could be alone, give her some time to, you know, to not have to worry about the kids. And the thing is, if for your female listeners listening, give yourself permission to rest. Hmm. Whether you are getting severe headaches, horrible cramps, bloating, moodiness. I mean, I feel like those are kind of like the big things that generally come up, right? Like I know some women that can't even get out of bed, their cramps are so bad. Give yourself the opportunity to rest or even just feeling super tired, you know, just pull back, but communicate it. I feel like when it's not communicated, that's where you probably feel a bit of the tension, right? Yeah. I think I'm thinking here that part of the problem will be that the women who are listening to this who are thinking, I can't, I can't tell my husband I need a rest because I'm on my period, are likely the women who don't communicate with their husband's period. <laughs> period. They don't communicate with them at all outside of small talk. So, and the ones who do have a really good advanced communication and connection with yeah. their partners, I guess they're going to fall into two buckets. One that already do that or feel comfortable doing it. And then others who I've never thought about it. So this is about, this is about boundary setting, right? And, and getting in there. Yeah, it is. And so the fact that you say you have two list, you know, kind of two buckets, your listeners may fall in. This may help encourage the ones that don't have open communication with their husband. So around the luteal phase, when you, if you have really bad PMS, especially if it's emotional stuff, whether you feel like you want to rip your husband's head off or you have bad anxiety or you're feeling extra depressed. If this is happening every single month, take a moment and ask yourself, how am I not fully expressing my desires and needs? How am I not speaking my truth? Because outside of Um, whatever physical aspects that could be impacting you, there are emotional aspects to it. And this is what I help my clients move through is to look more than just, okay, I I ate too much sugar, right? Because sugar is going to exacerbate your PMS. But like what's going on mentally and physically and especially with emotional stuff, that is a big thing. And I'm assuming a lot of your listeners either... Um, have history of drinking, or maybe it's in in their families. Yeah. Oh, so there is actually a correlation between higher PMS symptoms or more severe PMS s- symptoms and women that grew up in households with alcohol abuse. And it's the, the correlation that you know they were having to show up for that person that you know whoever the the alcoholic was in the family, mm. right? So you mm. kind of just you're on eggshells trying to like appease them. So things don't happen. Right. Or you're kind of just being quiet. Right. So you're mm. not expressing yourself. Mm. And so it comes to the whole side of in your adulthood or even, you know, early, early adulthood, how are you still not expressing yourself with, with the PMS mm. when, when that time of the month? Comes it's really, and I it's intentionally really, am bringing this up because I know it will speak to your audience a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really important because, you know, my philosophy is there's um, you can bring all factors of why you drink down into two buckets again. One is everybody drinks. It's just a part of society. You're hardwired to do it. Everybody does it. There's that aspect. And then there's the other aspect that people use it as a, an anesthetic or mm-hmm. some other way of numbing something in life. So in that respect, a lot of times it's linked to emotion. I cannot handle my emotions or I don't want to handle my emotions. So I'm going to drink. Well, you know, PMS is what is it if it's not like, you know, a, a honeypot of uh, or a beehive of emotions. Right. So actually having your period is a really good opportunity for you to practice self-regulation, right? Yes. Yes. And that's where, so maybe week three isn't the best time to have that conversation. So if you actually sit and reflect and be like, okay, I have to have this conversation with my sister, 
or my partner, whoever, it could be your boss, right? There's Mm. just something sitting there. You're not expressing it. That may not be the best time to have it because you are more inward and you don't think as clearly we're in our feminine energy. And first half, we're in our masculine energy, first half of our cycle. And we're thinking more logically. Mm. So if it's not a urgent, I have to have this conversation now. What I would suggest is on your bleed, really make that decision, right? That's when we get to release everything. And then around days four or five, go have that conversation and Mm -hmm. set that intention and be like, I'm going to release this. So as I go into my next cycle, when I hit week three, again, I'm not going to have this sitting on my heart. I'm not going to have this sitting in my throat and, or in my womb. And, you know, over time, as you get to express yourself more, it could help with those PMS symptoms. And like I said, there's, there's multiple things you may, we may have to look at diet and exercise too, but that emotional component, I feel like doesn't get looked at enough. I'm just going to open my curtains a little bit because I'm getting a little bit dark, but while I do that, talk about, you touched upon it a little bit there, the feminine energy and masculine energy and where it's, where it comes up as prominent in this cycle, because like, I want to know that because like when my, when Liza's in her feminine, I want to be my masculine. When Liza's in her masculine, I want to slip in my feminine. So talk about that a little bit while I'm one. Yeah, for sure. Up. I interrupt this broadcast between myself and Kim Billick to just draw your attention to the Strive subscription offering that we have here, okay? You can convene with like-minded people, all with the same goal of being someone that doesn't drink alcohol or controlling their alcohol and living a conscious life. We do that on a video recording app called Marco Polo. We do that through online meetings and coaching sessions via Zoom. And you have access to the Strive method, over 120 coaching videos, um on kajabi all right um it is a monthly subscription you can cancel anytime you like and if you think it's a pile of pants i'll give you your money back go to www.1000daysober.com to sign up or email me at 1kdaysober at gmail.com if you have any questions okay now without further ado back to that juicy topic of menstrual cycles so as i was saying um before our first two weeks, like we have our bleed days, day one's our bleed. And then as our estrogen and testosterone are, you know, elevating, they're increasing when we're feeling more outward, when we're thinking more logically, that's when we are more in our masculine energy. So the first two weeks, Mm. so about from, we'll say days two to day 16. And then after we ovulate, going down the other side. So days 17, 18, until we bleed again, we're a little, we're more in our feminine side. And the first couple days could be a little bit of, you know, say days up to day 20, 21, we might have a little bit more of both feminine Mm. and masculine, but getting definitely getting around days 24 to we'll say 24 to 34. So a normal healthy cycle for a woman could be anywhere between 26 to 34 days. Like we're not all supposed to be, you know, on a 28, 29 day cycle, right? It could vary a little bit. So towards the end there, the day 24 to 34, that's when we're more in our feminine energy. That's when we're more connected to ourselves. That's when we get to, <laughs> ladies are going to like this one. That's when we're the bullshit detectors. So that's mm-hmm. when you can notice it's a good time. I mean, you may pick things up. You may be more intuitive and you may notice really if someone's telling you bullshit, but that's also a good time to just do audits. If you're in work, that's a good time to do your bookkeeping, um, finances. This is a good time to evaluate your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Check in, see how am I not showing up for myself? How could I give my myself permission to rest and set these boundaries or whatever other boundaries you need to do? Maybe it's saying no to somebody for something else. Um, So just really connecting with that. And we also um, tend to have more dreams as we bleed. So like if you remember your dreams, write them down in the morning and just see what kind of message may be going coming through. Mm. So one other thing I do... Okay. Is that, you is that is, yeah? Is, is so? Is that connected to REM sleep cycle? Then are you during your period somehow getting more REM sleep cycles? We're just uh, well, if we're, if we're sleep, if our hormones aren't balanced, I mean, we should be sleeping throughout the night. Hmm. But with drinking, 
it actually, I don't know. I know when I drink, I don't have the greatest sleep. Right. So it sets our, it sets our blood sugars off. Right. Mm. And that's, and then that can impact our sleep, especially like a good sign of that is if we're getting up between two and four in the morning, that's a good, and especially if it's consistently, that's a good um, indication that our blood sugars are off. But if your hormones Mm. are balanced, you should be sleeping great every night. Right. Mm. But Mm. it's just at that time, we're more connected with um, ourselves, our, our intuition. It's, it's connected with the progesterone going, coming down or being higher up. Mm, okay. I do have a question. So I don't know if you'll have an answer for it. There are, there are times as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. have you seen love sex Goop? No, but I keep hearing about it. <laughs> so My a, like 70 year old client was telling me. Yeah. It's really <laughs> good. It's it. really good. Yeah. There's a, there's a piece in there. There's, um, there's a couple in there and the guy's saying, and my erotic blueprint is like, I'm super sexual. Like I just, I'm just like one sex all the time. And, and then my wife, he's like, she just, she has like a low sex drive. She doesn't want sex. And he said, and it's not fair because she literally just walks past me and I'm hard right now. And I really related to that. There are times when Liza just walks. She doesn't even have to be wearing anything in particular. She'll just be in my energy vortex and I'll feel super horny. And, and it, it happens, I haven't mapped it out, but there's a cycle to it. Is it, is it related to her cycle? I'm not sure. Hmm. I wonder if the, hmm. if the male body picks up on the female bodies. Like, so for example, the, the, we've got, we just talked to me about the, the, the over, <laughs> ovulation. ovulation. Yeah. And that, that's women. what I think of. I'm like, at that time, we're just, we kind of do send that energy out, but right. We- because you think it would be biologically sound for the man to pick up on that energy yes, to then want to have sex with her at the same time she wants to have sex with him. Yes. I want to say that's when it would be for sure, but I don't want to say hundred percent. I'm going to test I'm, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that. But yeah, I mean, and if it would make sense, it would be during that time. And so she should want to have sex with you. Right. Now I want to touch upon that point because that, that doesn't happen. Right. So what I want to talk about is um, when women just naturally lose their sex drive as they get older or they've never had a sex drive and it's not trauma related. Mm-hmm. What is going on inside the body there, do you think? So it could be it could definitely be a hormonal thing. Low, tes- low testosterone and and or low estrogen could definitely impact your sex drive. And so with women, you know, as you get into menopausal years, that, that definitely could impact them. And even with low estrogen, like estrogen is the, um, hormone that keeps us, I'm going to say this nice and juicy. Right. But if your Mm. estrogen levels are low, you could actually be dry. Right. You could have be dry on the exterior, like your vulva, but also interior in the vagina. Mm. So that can make sex uncomfortable. So definitely like, if that's the case, pull out the coconut oil. If you're not using condoms, don't want to use coconut oil with condoms or, um, why don't you want to use coconut oil with condoms? Because it could break the condoms. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Uh, but coconut oil is great. I love coconut oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, or or I, I, of course, right? If you did, condoms. I did. I did. And then I developed, um, what's the word? Uh, inflammation. <laughs> I, I developed this inflammation for me, coconut. Oil, really? I was eating too, you must I was have. Eating, Do you have an allergy? No, I was eating too much of it. So, oh, okay. I was eating too much of certain things and then I did my, um, my tests and then they came up as inflammation markers. <laughs> so now I can't eat, can't eat coconut. I can, I can squirt some avocado oil up there or something. Oh. I, I, yeah, avocado, it's natural too. I've never tried <laughs> avocado, but, <laughs> but coconut oil I think is great. Um, yeah, so that could also like, it could be uncomfortable, right? So, I mean, that's also where communication comes in. And this is a key thing too, especially if the estrogen's low and like the woman's feeling a little bit dry, even, okay, I know I'm going to bring this up too. Also, if you're drinking, right, we're, we're dehydrated, it, blood sugars could be thrown off. That could also make a woman feel dry. So like, don't be afraid to use the lubrications, but also foreplay, foreplay. It could take women like 30 minutes to have an orgasm. So give us some foreplay to get us juicy, right? Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. are going to feel more comfortable when it comes to actually having sex. So that's in the act, but yeah, like, to actually have that drive, it definitely could be a hormonal thing. And outside of trauma, it could be a cultural thing, right? Like there are women I've talked to and, you know, sometimes for some of them, their assignment, I'm like, Hey, go get a hand mirror. 
and you're going to go look at yourself and women do not feel comfortable. Like so many women won't even look at themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're uncomfortable looking at your own, I'm going to say it like this. If you're afraid to look at your own pussy, how are you going to feel comfortable having sex too? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and to potentially have that higher drive all the time, like really just learn to like, and if it feels, you want to feel safe, but just like have a look and like talk to her. So like with my womb, um, womb wisdom journal, like I talk about uh, a breathing exercise of putting your hand on your womb or literally on your pussy and just breathe, breathe into that space and be like, what do you need? Talk to mm. her. What do you need? Right. So sometimes it's, it's just like how a woman's brought up and just not feeling comfortable. Was she shamed in her, by a past ex, like outside of a sexual trauma, did an ex or some guy that she hooked up, make some comment about her. Mm. Right. So it could be a self-esteem thing too. So a lot of it comes to, and I work with is, um, self-love practices and just, and self-love could be like going buy yourself flowers. It could be a pleasure practice, um, to see what you really like. Yeah. I, I also like having a five-year-old daughter, um, how you deal with those first forays into humping and touching and spreading your legs and saying, dad, look at that. And looking in the mirror, like how you as a parent, um, navigate those waters you know, and sometimes choppy waters right because if like my first child was a was a boy so it's just like okay I, I know what to do here i i got a cock he's got a cock but then all of a sudden when you have a daughter it is very different you know luckily i had sisters and mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a younger sister who i used to bathe with and that kind of thing right so where well, i was like like 10 or 15 years older than her right so so i kind of got i was used to it but like you can you can easily shame your child at that age just because you're so uncomfortable about talking about it. Like you don't know how to talk about it, so you shut it down. Yeah. And then you've got shame. And then they can't look in the middle when they're 30, right? Like that could happen as well. It definitely can. And you know what? I think this connects to what we were talking about at the beginning of like celebrating your daughter's mm. period, right? Mm. The menstrual cycle, because that is literally a sign of her becoming a woman. Think she could have a child after that. She really could become a mom. I know like anyone listening with a 12 year old daughter is like, I don't want to think about that, but it's a reality. Right. Mm -hmm. So it really is a sign of them, even though they're so young, their body is shifting into being a woman. So have that, especially with, I mean, unfortunately it it happens to girls and boys, but I feel the number is a lot higher with women is sexual assault. It is so common. Mm -hmm. And I say, have that conversation and celebrate their period, but also explain to them like that is a very sacred place, you know, Mm -hmm. set boundaries and you just don't let anybody touch you there. Zia was, Zia was three. When we started introducing her to books around, um, body boundaries, she was three. And she's mm-hmm. been reading, she's been reading them ever since, you know, I think it's really super important. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch upon dryness of the vagina again, because mm-hmm. I, 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 it's a point that came up. I think it's really important for men and women, right? Foreplay is great, but a lot of us live in a time where we can't, we haven't got time for foreplay, right? So sometimes it's, it's, just, it's just very straightforward. It's quick. We got 10 minutes. Do you want to, do you want to bang one out? Right. I think. In that instance, which is going to happen a lot when you've got families, that again, oh my word, whenever we're talking to women whose husbands drink and they're trying to stop drinking or their relationships are shit, and we're trying to talk to them and say, hey, becoming a world-class communication communicator like, w- would be the ultimate goal because that's mm-hmm. what is needed here. If you're dry as a woman and your guy's fucking banging away, you've got to tell him, Right. Gotta tell him and guys be aware that that could be happening as well. Listen to cues. Listen, like when when she's like, ow, that doesn't mean you should go harder, right? Like ask the question. Like the and I and again, I I again I'm living in my own little bubble, but I'm assuming that a lot of these questions and conversations don't happen, right? Like because sex is so stigmatized. Yes, yes, I agree. So I'm going to say two comments to that one. Yes. You know, I had someone that I know in my personal life actually reach out to me with that exact question. Mm. And I felt honored there too. I was like, you're coming to me for this. I love this. It's one thing to have a stranger to work with, but someone that you know in your personal life to like really look up to. So if you have 10 minutes 
And it's one thing if you're at home, but say if you're like kind of not in the same space, text a text message. Hey babe, like send something sexy to them. I can't Mm. wait to like rip your clothes off. That could be the beginning of your foreplay. Ah, And then, right. Like it could start before you actually see each other. And then, um, when you are actually together. So it, I mean, yeah, you could have a quickie and a woman could still have them in that 10 minutes. I know I have a big thing and now not every woman, but I'm going to say the number is high. I'm going to say at least 85% clitoral stimulation. Okay, men, before you just start, you know, doing jackrabbit on us, clitoral (laughs) stimulation. Jackrabbit. (laughs) So whatever you want to do, whether it be oral sex with your hand, rub the head of your penis on her, something, I'm sure that will get her going for in most cases for women. What causes, so, so I imagine there are cases where the guy doesn't do any of that shit. He just wants to go straight into it. It's like fucking sandpaper and he's just, he just fucking, the guy doesn't got a clue. Right. But then there's cases where they're doing foreplay. The woman is getting very wet. And then during sex, they start to get dry. Is that just a, a time period thing or is there something else going on there? Do you think? So I think some of it is just the friction of it. Like that's, if you're going on for quite just biology. Time, yeah. Just biology. Like, yes. Um, there probably is a little more to it that I'm not fully aware of, but I mean, it's it just, I don't want to say it this way because it sounds horrible, but I'm like, <laughs> like, just like our bodies are like, we get wear and tear over age, but like, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, I'm like, no, just cause I'm like, I don't know if that's like a good p- way to depict well, I it. Think, but- I think it is because a lot of women listening to this will have had babies. And if you have a baby, I mean, Christ almighty, it's going to do something to the equipment down there. Right. I mean, there's times where, I mean, I've had sex. I hate to say coming back to drinking, but I, I know I get really dry when I drink. 40 minutes, I'm like, this is just getting uncomfortable. <laughs> Did you just say 40 minutes? Because <laughs> I, I don't know, my experience, when guys drink, they take forever too. Yeah, I was going to say, right, when you said 40 <laughs> that, minutes. No, that's what I'm a, saying. Like, you're either you in a tantra session or someone's pissed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It could go on forever. And it's just like, or even if you're doing it multiple times, you know, if you're having all you have sexual dysfunction. So when I left my first wife and I fell in love with my second wife, it was the first time I'd experienced another woman's body. You know what I mean? And, and I, I lost it. There was like things wrong with me. And one of the things that was wrong with me was I, I couldn't, I couldn't reach orgasm during sex. But then I got it in my head that I had to keep trying. Otherwise, there's something wrong with me, which mm-hmm. then leads to 30, 40 minute sessions, which, you know, let's just be honest. Like, if you wake the fuck up, your wife's just like, get off me. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you were in your head. Well, and, in my head. Because and I, I, yeah. I love that you're sharing this because our brain is our biggest sex organ. Uh, organ. Right. Mm. If you could get out of your head and this is where Tantra comes in and connect with your breath, Mm. you're going to have better orgasms and you're more connected with your partner, too. And Mm. you can have multiple orgasms, even men. Mm. I really like that. Um, Okay, some good stuff there. So you touched upon something that I've never heard before, which seems pretty obvious. But you said when you drink, you get dry. Right. So there's, there's one reason if you're a. I mean, there's two things here that I want to talk about. One, I have male clients who don't want to stop drinking because they can't have sex without drink. And they think with Mm -hmm. drink, they turn into some fucking Don Juan sexual Tyrannosaurus. And I doubt that's fucking happening. And if you're telling me that at the other end, you likely could get dry as a woman when you're drinking, guys. That's my experience for sure. And I know some of my friends have said that too. I think we're dehydrated. Yes. Yeah. You're literally yeah. dehydrated. It's sucking everything out of you, not just like in your lips, in your mouth, <laughs> but also down there. Um, what What is alcohol doing to your cycle in general if you're a heavy drinker? So what alcohol, that's a, that is a great question. So alcohol, there's a couple things that could be happening. It could be throwing off your blood sugar and mm. blood sugar regulation is a huge thing with our hormones. The other thing is Alcohol could be a form of stress on our body. And I feel like people that drink a lot generally have some kind of stress going on in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That they're just trying, to, trying to mask. 
right? And, mm. and so, but what happens with the stress side with stress is increased cortisol, right? We all hear about cortisol. Uh, we do need some cortisol, but if you're in that high, you know, heightened state for a long time, it's not good. And what happens with that is high levels of cortisol um, could actually decrease our um, thyroid hormone, which is another uh, thyroid function, which is another important hormone for our female reproductive system. And if and thyroid is also important with metabolism, so that's where that lower belly fat could start coming on, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that happens is that cortisol could um, attach to the receptors where uh, pr- the progesterone uh, receptors. So then our progesterone, which is um, a hormone that goes up in the second um, half of our cycle, which also helps with calmness. It's like kind of the natural antidepressant. So all of a sudden then there's that imbalance there, right? And if our progesterone is too low and depending on like what you're eating and stuff, I see this a lot with women is that the estrogen gets too high. And that's when all these things like the bad um, cramps come on, um, breast pain. Actually, that's another thing with PMS, breast pain. That's where the headaches could come on. Um, so it could, it could throw our, throw our cycle off. And we could take it another step further is also with fertility, right? So if our, if our cycle's off, and you're trying to have a child or trying to conceive, it's it's going to make it that much harder, you know, because our blood sugars are off. It could you could impact our ovulation, and not only for women, but also for men. I believe I could be off a little bit. I believe it takes 90 days for a man's sperm to fully develop. So if you are trying to conceive, you know, there is this pressure for you know women to be on certain diets and not drink right? But it's just as important for men to not be drinking as well. Mm. So, because 40% of infertility issues are actually on the male side. It's not all on the female side. I think it it gets pointed to us first, but there is a big impact from the men as well. You know, I I have no idea what alcohol does to sperm. I'm going to look into that. Can I, can I tell you a funny story? Of course. All right, because Gl- Glynis, who's uh, is one of our members of the Stride community, she says, Lee, you used to have a light, right laugh on the uh, on the podcast, and you're too serious these days. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. <laughs> so um, when me and Liza decided we were going to have Zia, or try to have Zia, we're in our 40s. So I decided to go to a fertility clinic just to check if everything is in working order, right? So I go to this clinic. And the, the, the woman gives me a little test tube and she says, there's a room, do your thing. And then she said, like, ejaculate in the thing and then bring it back out to us. She said, there's some books underneath the stool to help you out. Right. <laughs> so I go into this room and I'm like, OK, I don't look at porn. Like I quit porn. Like, like I didn't look at magazines. I didn't watch porn videos. This had been, this had been like for like a year, something like that. And all of a sudden I got to try and ejaculate in this room without looking at porn and I couldn't do it. And I, I had to, I had to lift the, the seat up and actually get one of those books out. And I, I broke, I relapsed. I relapsed on my pornography in a clinical setting which I think gives me a pass. What do you think? Yeah, I think that gives you a pass. Yeah, I think that gives me a pass. And you know why? Especially because you tried without first. I did try. I did try. But it was like, it was there in my mind. It was like, I'm sitting on these things. And there's a part of me, and this is like really interesting, like we're drinking as well. There's a part of me that was looking for that excuse to do something that I was not allowed to do because now I'm allowed to do it, right? It's It's like that old joke about, men and women never talking about masturbation in the house and all of a sudden they're allowed to do it because they have to do it in a test tube. <laughs> and, the, and the guy just going, I'm just going to go upstairs and masturbate, baby, <laughs> because I can't, you know. Because so, you got the permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it, honestly, Kim, it wasn't until recently where I would say to Liza, um, hey, Liza, got the house to ourselves. Do you want to roll around in the hay a little bit? And she'd go, actually, no, I've got something on, you know, like I'm doing something. I'm not in the mood. And I would say, okay, do you mind if I have some alone time? And she'd be like, yeah, knock one out, do what you want. That was like, and I'm very open, right? But I would say that's only come recently where I literally would say to her, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to masturbate. I'm going to get some candles out. I'm going to get my oil. I'm going to shut the door. You're good with that? And she's like, yeah, go go and do it, right? What a simple thing to do because if you don't do that what are you going to do 
You're going to fucking lock yourself in the room and you're going to try and jack one out in 10 minutes without anybody noticing that you're doing it. Full of shame, full of guilt, full of embarrassment. Get communicating, folks. Yes, I feel like that's coming up many times. Like communicate and it's going to, and you know what, what you said, like you'll, you'll go do it in shame, but even worse, if your wife says no to you a couple of times, are you going to go to another woman or vice versa? Mm. Right. So it's better to mm. have this open communication. You go please yourself for a bit. And ladies, you go please yourself too and find out what, what you like. Cause then you could be like, next time you're with your husband, you'd be like, I want this and I want this. And then your sex life's just going to be like, Yes, <laughs> even better, yes. right? And so I do want to bring up one quick thing, and I know this will catch people's attention because we were talking about it a bit earlier. Period sex. I love talking about this um, because oh, or, yes. or, orgasms sure. are medicine, and I'm going to say it again: orgasms are medicine. Now, I think when a woman's on her bleed, has her period, I think it's her decision of whether or not you're going to have sex. And men, if your wife says no. If you're game for period sex, don't be offended because like I said, this is a time when we get to honor our, our body and our bleed and it's a sacred time. So probably days one and two, a woman's not going to want to have sex, right? But days three, four, five, maybe I know I like period sex. I'm, I, I have actually have a high sex drive when I'm on that time mm-hmm. of the month. <laughs> um, so if your wife, girlfriend wants to have sex, I know some guys are like a hell no I don't want to do it, but let me tell you this. There are so many health benefits to it. It could help your partner with her moodiness. If she is one that, you know, tends to be more moody, it could help with her menstrual cramps. It could help with her headaches because we are releasing serotonin, serotonin with our orgasms. It could actually connect you guys more because also with orgasms, we, uh, women release oxytocin, which is that bonding hormone, Mm. right? So there are a lot of benefits to period sex. So throw the towel down, get creative, go have sex in the shower. But if your wife wants to, or girlfriend wants to have sex, I say, go for it. And that's where you get to let your ego down or your story or whatever it may be. Mm. And, um, hold space for your wife. <laughs> uh, well, I like you bring that. I, I like that you bring it up King, Cause again, I like talking about and touching upon things that people don't talk about. Right. Again, like, I would imagine that period sex is taboo, it's stigmatized, it's dirty, you shouldn't do it. I've never had a problem with it, you know? Like, I've never had a problem with it. Um, So, again, communicate and just, Mm -hmm. just, just have that conversation, do you know what I mean? And be open to it. I really appreciate that you raise the benefits of having it. I, I never knew there was benefits. I just, I just thought that, Hey, it, there's a no go zone at that time period, but some people like, I knew that I've known women that like to have sex in that time period. Right. But usually it's like a, yeah, a cultural no go zone. So thanks for raising that. Is there anything that women would like to know or would ask that I haven't? Cause I'm a man, right? So there's probably a lot of women that would be like, yeah, I want to ask him this. I want to ask him this. What are you finding uh, in your work that you want to share in regards to anything that you're doing that I haven't touched upon that you're seeing is common or I could be to do with the cycle. It could be to do with sex, anything that you're coming up that you think, you know, mm. you need to know about this folks or have this conversation, you know? So there, there's kind of two things that kind of come to mind. Um, one is in relation to the sex. And I know we kind of touched upon it before, but um, I do get a lot of women ask me how they can enjoy sex um, after some sexual trauma. Uh, so whether, even if it was from years ago, you know, so there are women that still aren't feeling say completely safe within their body, um, and to fully open up and receive. So just how they can navigate that. And I know I talked a a lot about, or a little bit about it before, but I think a lot of it comes to self-love practices and just learning Mm. to fully love yourself and set those boundaries and know that you're a queen and that, your pussy's sacred. And when you say no, it's no. And that any pleasure you are receiving is for you and you're not doing it just for men. Right. Mm. So, um, I've spoke about this many times. I'm very open about it. I was sexually assaulted as a, as a child and it didn't impact my sex life, but it definitely impacted relationships that I was in. And there was a piece of me that didn't feel worthy all the time. So I would say yes, just to think that, Oh, I'm going to like, please, and not, not necessarily in a sexual context, but just to like try please Steve. the man, 
right? So instead mm. of saying no, and actually now I'm like a boundary queen, I have no problem saying no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely helped. I mean, working with Preston, you know, helped tons mm. with that. So yeah, it really comes to like these self-love practices and just knowing that you're safe. We've talked so many times communication. So if you are in a healthy relationship, you know, just speaking to your partner about like what you like and maybe some of your concerns and it can be on, on yourself, like what you're still moving through. Um, and then there are other practices connected to pleasure practices and there's, um, yoni eggs and crystal wands. Uh, so they're actually like little crystal dildos and Mm. you could do like different types of practices to help with that. And then of course there could be some inner child work that we may have to like move through. So that is one big um, question I do get asked. And then in regards to cycles, I feel like, um, and this is why I created my, my book is just women really feeling disconnected from their body and their cycles. So it's just like, how could I, how could I connect to this? How can I, what, how do I want to say this? Yeah. Just how, how can I connect to my cycle and, you know, help manage whatever symptoms are, are coming up. And, um, so that, that is why I created this journal. I actually, I went on a, my first mushroom ceremony with Dom. Yes. Davida. And mm-hmm. I got a download. I had just done a women's workshop connecting with your feminine sexual energy. And I got all these questions. So part of connecting with your feminine is actually journaling, right? Mm-hmm. So writing is writing out your spells, right? Spelling. And that's how you can manifest. And so I was getting so many questions about journaling and like prompts and all these things. And then I went and did this uh, mushroom ceremony and I got this download to create this journal. And then three weeks later, I went to Preston's birthday and got COVID. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. And so I was like, and I didn't get sick, thankfully. I like, I, I didn't really get sick at all. But I was like, why is this happening right now? Like, why I'm getting COVID? I'm like, I have too much stuff to be doing. And the message I was getting was sit your ass down and write, write this the book. book. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And then Nana put the pressure on me. She's like, could this book be ready for Brazil? And the official copy wasn't ready for Brazil, like the hardcover, but I was able to get like a soft cover printed for the ladies. Um, so yeah, that that is why I created this, this journal. And in it, it's like, talking about the four cycles that I went through, you know, throughout this mm-hmm. podcast and there's different prompts for you to really connect with your cycle, your own cycle, your own energies, um, how you feel physically, emotionally, so that you could start to see patterns. And when you start to see these patterns, you could use it to your advantage. And I know life's not perfect and you can't schedule everything on in relation to where you are in your cycle, but you'll become more mindful of how you could schedule these things. So, um, I I feel like that is like another big question that I, I just get asked. Mm. Yeah. I like that. And, um, this podcast has been amazing. Liza's always complaining that all I ever do is talk about work. So now I can talk about cycles and wounds and all kinds of shit. Right. Kim, thank you very much for being on here. Folks go out and buy the womb wisdom journal. Kim will tell you where to find her in a minute, but I just want to say, go seek her out and work with her because, you know, here is a woman who, and I'm sorry to hear that you experienced sexual trauma. You, you cannot take a client where you've not been yourself. Um, she's, you know, got experience of that. And, and a lot of people don't even know they've got sexual trauma until they start working with a coach. And it's like, holy fuck, I repressed that and I didn't even know it happened, right? And it is unfortunately prevalent in, in our society. So if you More think there's something up. Yeah. If you think there's something up, you know, check out Kim's. How can people find you, Kim? Uh, yeah. So thank you so much, Lee, for having me. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram, Kim Billick underscore. And then my uh, website, Amala, A-M-A-L-A dash living.com. By the way, Amala means pure in Sanskrit. So pure mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And that's like the perspective that I take when working with my clients. So yeah, feel free to reach out, whether it's hormonal stuff, um, moving through sexual trauma, um, sexuality, anything. Um, it's all connected. It really is all connected. And I would love to connect with you guys. Awesome stuff. And spell her surname B-I-L-Y-K. Or Correct. just email, email me at 1kdaysober at gmail.com and I'll get you in touch with her. Kim, much love. Stay on. I'm going to talk to you when I press the stop button. But thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with myself and Kim. Don't go anywhere a second. Just have a quick message for you, the men out there or women who have men who you think will be interested in this. So 
I have created a man's group. It's called the Wild Men Group, okay? We convene on Marco Polo. We're going to start having some uh, sessions on and get-togethers on Zoom in the new year. And it's about me um, showing up and being the guide for men as they're going through their catabasis, their descent into the darkness, those periods of life where you're feeling like you cannot cope whether you're going through divorce, whether you're going through some sort of midlife crisis, whether you hate your job, whether you think that you are invisible in your home, uh, that you have no intimacy or sex life with your partner, that you can't get a partner, that you have no meaning in life, you're a terrible parent, whatever it is, you've had a death in a family, you as a man are currently experiencing some shit and you feel like you have to do it alone because of shame, because of guilt, because of embarrassment, whatever it is. Maybe you just think you're a fucking man and you're not allowed to speak out, right? That is what I want to be a guide to, people like that. I want to bring a community together of men who talk about their troubles, but also talk about what it means to be a man in today's society, to be very good at it, okay? So if you want to build up your communication skills, you want to learn how to self-regulate, you want to learn how to be a more conscious human being to your wife, to your kids, to your husband, to your friends, come and join us at the Wildman Group. Email me at 1kdaysober at gmot.com to learn more, all right? And it's free, so get in there. Much love, everyone. Bye, have a Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm.